Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. to another episode of Wookiee Radio. Uh, I want to give another, I don't think we say it enough, I want to give it a, another thank you, thank you, thank you to Alex and Luke from the awesome group Bodakin from uh, from Quebec for our theme song. And there's nothing like hearing the Star Wars main title played on bagpipes. Uh, I love that song. Uh, yeah, I was, wondering, I was wondering who was saying it. <laughs> it is the Intrepid Trio, sort of. <laughs> The Intrepid Trio. Sorry. (laughs) Wrong show. Oops. It is the Intrepid Trio. That's Mighty Marvel Geeks, who is, if you're listening on Sorcerer Radio, right after this, with great guest Tom Brevoort podcast, go check out, go go download issue 217 on Mighty Marvel Geeks and and get Tom Brevoort's interview. It's awesome. Um, It is the Smugglers 3, sort of. It is Derek, who, what, what? I'm not even. I'm gonna go there. Um, I was gonna try. What? I was gonna try what you do with keepers oh. and do what I said last week, realizing I screwed it up last week. So I'm not gonna screw it up this week. <laughs> he, he, well, okay, he is the Jabba to my hut. Um, and then we have Jim, who is also with Derek on the Falcons Lounge. <laughs> who I'm a fill-in smuggler this week because Ken is off on the forest moon of Indoor, which I'm if they're, getting, if they're getting rain I mean, up there, and he walks and uh, yeah. but if he's getting rain and, up uh, in his area, it's probably going to feel more like Dagobah <laughs> swamp. So, um, how are you guys doing besides the rambling that we're doing right now? <laughs> good, very good, very good. Felt like I almost needed to play right. crickets for a second. So we finally had a uh, rain. Our uh, Dagobah Lake humidity is finally broken here. <laughs> yeah, it's coming back, though. You know, it's coming back. Oh, I know. Uh, you know, this, this is what you guys down in Florida never, never seem to get. You know, I mean, you guys just deal with humidity all the time uh, up here. We, we don't like it. <laughs> Yeah, it's not fun. I don't like it. But there's a difference, though. (laughs) Florida, we at least have coastal breezes because we are a peninsula. Now, when I lived in Louisiana, I swear Louisiana is French for humidity rock pocket. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying, but I'm saying. Humidity. I think everybody down there just sweats. Oh, yeah. Louisiana. You take a shower, you walk out of the shower, dry yourself, and you look and go, I thought I just ran a towel over this. <laughs> so, um, speaking of waving towels or rubbing towels, okay, maybe not. <laughs> 
Where are you going with that? <laughs> well, where I'm going is um, we're, we're going to talk a little fava beans here. I mean, uh, John Favreau, Favreau, fava Ooh. beans, whatever. Uh, John Favreau's live action Star Wars series is ex- reportedly to have a hundred million dollar budget. That's uh, quite the chunk of change. Yeah. Better give it to John Favreau than give it to ESPN, which will hemorrhage that in a heartbeat for nothing, <laughs> for nothing productive. I have, a, I have a friend who works at the SEC network in Charlotte, North Carolina, and she had on her Snapchat. She goes, oh, ESPN Ocha, or ESPN 8. They were doing the rock, no joke. You thought it was a joke in Dodgeball, the movie? No. There was a rock, paper, scissors championship going on. What? <laughs> no <laughs> joke. It's like the Ocho. It's like maybe ESPN is wow. doing the Ocho. Yeah, it was. It was crazy. Um, so it's been several months since Lucasfilm has announced Favreau writing you know, that he was going to be doing this live action Star Wars TV series, which when it was announced, we knew. I don't know why I'm talking so fast. Like it, like my life depended on it. Uh, we we knew this is going to mess up my editing. Uh, we knew Favreau was going to be doing this for the Disney streaming service because the streaming for service had been announced at the time because um, the streaming service was announced last year, 2017. Um, now, a recent New York Times profile on Disney's Ricky Strauss, who's in charge of choosing which shows and movies will appear on the upcoming streaming service that, that's launching to compete with rival services like Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu, which once the Fox deal goes through, Disney's going to own 51% of Hulu. So is it really that much of a rival no. if we're majority owner? Not anymore. <laughs> Well, just it'll 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 definitely increase their footprint. That's for certain. Um, but he he has given some insight on what's been planned for the streaming service once it launches in 2019. Those plans include remakes of Lady and the Tramp and Sword of the Stone, live action remakes. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Disney's back catalog of thousands of episodes of old Disney TV shows and new movies starting starring actors like Anna Kendrick, who should have been Squirrel Girl to begin with. <laughs> but I like I like uh, the gal who from the AT and T commercials that got tapped anyway. I think she's going to do an awesome job as well. Yeah, I it's think so. I very like her. very acceptable second. And who knows? Maybe New Warriors is going to end up on the streaming service. And if so, let's do more than just the eight episodes that are already in the can. Let's, let's throw. Let's go ahead and do another season and or another eight episodes and, and do a longer season since they're half. Hour episodes. Um, yeah, if they're going to be half hour episodes, I could see that. So, what does this all have to do with Star Wars? Well, many of, the, <laughs> That's a good question. many of these series that Disney is working on will have a price tag of around $25 million to $30 million budgets, but Favreau's will have close to a $100 million budget, making him an exception to the rule. Well, no, duh, it's Star Wars. <laughs> There's a lot more going on. Yeah, and. I'm cool with that in John Favreau's hands. I think uh, I think he can handle that quite so, well. Well, to me, this makes me almost wonder: Will Lady and the Tramp remake? Will they be dogs, or will they be actually people playing the roles, emulating? No, I don't know. no, no interpretive dance dogs. I just want to see little dogs. 
Uh, they'll, do, they'll, do, they'll do like Cats, the Cats Broadway musical. Oh Broadway my god, yeah, show. yeah, a little. We're gonna sit here. Pat me, please. It's like, so, really? No, don't, no, no. Um, no. <laughs> So right now, I can't deal with that. Favreau's show will have a hundred will have a hundred million dollar budget for ten episodes. Well, that you know that overall, that's not too too bad. Ten. You know, like I, I was reading that down the down the story. I mean, you know, you're figuring what Stranger Things. It says Stranger Things was eight million in an episode, and then yeah. you know Game of Thrones much, is fifteen yeah. million an episode. So, I yeah, mean, so. ten million ain't bad. And I mean, a lot yeah. of the stuff that they can do is CG. So you know, yeah. with Favreau. He can go a long way with with a good ten million budget and and a pretty linear you know storyline as far as you know what's going to be going on. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'd, I'd give it a little extra money to to make it not look cheap. Yeah, yeah. and it's a Star Wars well, it, it, it's show, gotta, so it's got to be done right. I mean, yeah. roughly, roughly how much how much an episode for Discovery, Star Trek Discovery? Uh, if anyone ever I had those no numbers? Idea. I mean, that, uh, could, no, that couldn't be. It's got to be around the ten million range, probably. Yeah. Um, now, of course, the price tag of a hundred million is kind of what Westworld had as well. Yeah. Yeah. So. Sure. I mean, if you're going to do this type of thing, I mean, look at The Crown, where there's hardly any CG. It's all period pieces. Yeah, that whole thing's a period piece. And costume, that's 10 mil an episode. Mm. So, I don't know. Um, I'm okay with it. Heck, yeah. bump it up to $150 million. Give us a little bit more perks. A little more aliens. Uh, we'll save that for season two. Season two better be 200 and up. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, or 200 for the season, so. Yeah, really? Um. Because I want to see some massive ships. Let's, let's oh, ships! I thought I thought you were saying something else for a second there. Uh, hey, it's a family, family show. show. <laughs> uh, so, but that's not the only thing we have about Favreau. Actually, after that story came out, we did get a little bit more information. Well, yes. Uh, what will John Favreau be spending that money on? Well, according to Making Star Wars, um, they have a couple of rumors coming out that saying that the Favreau show might actually be set in Mandalore during the days after the defeat of the Empire in Return of the Jedi. Wow. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Ah. Start, um, the start of closing that gap between Jedi and Force Awakens. <laughs> Right. Uh, so apparently, sources have informed making Star Wars that the Star Wars live action series would actually be set on the planet of Mandalore three years after the Empire's fall uh, in Return of the Jedi. Uh, and the fall of the Empire has brought chaos on Mandalore, a planet that the Clone Wars and Rebels previously revealed to be filled with conflicting groups with their own agendas. With the new a new void brought on by the end of the Empire, the planet's major groups start competing to fill the Empire's hole. <laughs> Family show. I'm just going to leave that there. So, <clears throat> so in other words, John Favreau's new show is going to be about Congress? What? <laughs> so. I'm just going to say language. So, <laughs> <clears throat> so of course, um, fan, we, fans have always wanted to see more about Mandalore and the Mandalorians. And, uh, you know, we did get to see. 
a nice chunk of it in in the cartoons. But this would be very interesting, I think. Yeah, I, I always like I always like the uh, the Mandalore stories and and uh, legends. I always thought it was yeah. pretty cool. Like you know, it, it was always, it always made for a good book, and you know, the legend of Mandalore and the mask and <laughs> stuff like that. So I mean, I don't know well, how much that's going to translate, mm-hmm. but you know, well, yeah, they they could story. they could pull some of that. I mean, obviously they've pulled other things from legends. Yeah. <clears throat> so who knows? So, but uh, I, yeah, I'm pretty. I think that's pretty interesting. This is kind of giving the fans what they want with some uh, some of the old EU being made canon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think but, little bits and pieces. Uh, so what do we got? I mean, are the fans going to be happy about that? And what? Don't care. <laughs> It depends on which fans you're talking about. We're going to get a live. <laughs> we're going to get a crap ton of Mandalorian armor. Oh yeah, I didn't even think of that. That would be awesome. You're now going to take the costuming group Mandalorian Mercs and elevate them. I mean, as if they weren't already close to it. You're now going to almost elevate them to 501st status. Yeah, yeah you're going to have the, you're going to have your own legion of Mandalores running around. <laughs> well, you, you, you know, you do already all different with clans. You, you do already with Mandalorian Mercs. Yeah. Um, but you know, a lot of their costumes are self-made costumes and are not characters from the films, except for Django and Boba and Sabine and you know the few others we have seen from the from the different pre Vizsla and, and all that um, but you have a lot who do their own self made this could really this show is, there's a lot of armor a lot of different styles with the different tribes this is really going to take Mandalorian Mercs to a whole new level yeah I can't wait to see what they do for more for different armors and such that would be cool I would love to see them bring some of the old Mandalorian armor from Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Into, you know, from the old PC video game. Not the, not, not Kotar from the online game, but the, but the old, and really, I want to see some of that armor brought to life. Like, like Reven, Reven old, you know, yeah. that, that kind of storyline, old school. Yeah, because, e- you know, even, even Reven's, Sith armor has a lot of Mandalorian influence to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because he had he had the buddy there who was Mandalorian, and and you know they met on the ice planet. You know whether they looked for the mask of Mandalore, and yeah. that was uh, you know yeah they they had a lot of the clans there. So yeah, that'd be really interesting to see all that armor. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it would. So I like that. I don't know. I think I think it'll be an interesting story, and I, I think people aren't looking to go forward. So Favreau picked a good time frame, you know. It's, yeah, right. It's still within the it's still within the realm of of you know kind of you know the time period around the movies, but at the same time, you know you can fill a lot of good little niche areas there, and mm. and you know add in you know add in a lot of good story that you know needs to get filled in. Do we, right. Do we see the plan of Ren brought in? Oh, that might be interesting. With Sabine, yeah, maybe, possibly, huh? with Sabine maybe making a, a one one stop cameo on a, on an episode Could, briefly. Ooh, that would be, be interesting. Could be, yeah, because the even the Knights as, of Renner. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say even as a uh, hologram message being delivered, which would be cool. Mm, to maybe see another see a, re- <laughs> a, a comeback of the the, the live action holograms. <laughs> You're our only hope, Obi Wan. 
Execute Order 66. <laughs> no, hold on. That's, that's for Family show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was for the wife. Hold on. <laughs> Order 68 is a, is a corned beef on rye. <laughs> hold now on. you're making me hungry. Hold the mayo. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. But uh, could there be more? Uh, I don't know. Well, we'll we'll have to see. But we do have some episode nine news. Episode nine. Episode nine. All right, which one? Oh, you want me to go with the? You want me to go with the the super secret insider information about Mark Hamill showing up with his dog over in Ireland? Oh, we could do that one too. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, so you want me to do the? Uh, well, we, we 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 can tease that one and save it for after. Yeah. Um, so what we can well, do? Actually, you, you can probably incorporate that into this one. Yeah, probably. All right, so we've got the, yeah, kind of kind of split it up. So from the rumor from we got this covered is uh, coming up with uh, with the filming of uh, Star Wars Episode 9 underway which it should have started around August 1st they said um, we're learning more and more details that this movie that will close off the modern trilogy or the saga or so they say they keep on saying that but I don't believe them hold on Oh, hold on, technical difficulties here. <laughs> Stu- ah, it's, the imper- it's the Imperials trying to jam us. <laughs> Slicers coming in. Question is, All right. is, mm-hmm. is it strawberry or raspberry? <laughs> <laughs> boysenberry. I hate boysenberry. I've never had boysenberry. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I don't it, even know if that's a real thing. <laughs> it is. It, so technically, it is. It's like a blueberry mm. or a raspberry or something like that. It's like a hybrid blueberry raspberry thing. Okay. Technical difficulties done. Jam has been put on the toast. And here we go. <laughs> All right. So recently, we learned that the Heap of Legacy characters will be returning, including Lando, Luke, and even General Leia, which they're going to use pre-recorded material to do her, mm. um, which is kind of a really cool kind of uh, finale. You know, thank you, JJ. That's pretty nice because, you know, Carrie is so, was so integral and a part of, of every Star Wars fan. Um, and then they're also going to bring in lots of newcomers. Uh, you know, uh, we've heard names like Carrie Russell, Naomi Aki, I don't know who that is, Richard Grant. Um uh, a lot of those individuals are going to be coming in to add new characters uh, to it. But all in all, it looks like Episode 9 will be packed to the rafters. So it's not really a surprise. Rumors at this point being the longest entry in the Star Wars franchise to date. Specific runtime isn't being tossed around yet, but according to MovieWeb, sizable enough for Lucasfilm to be considered splitting it into two installments. So Episode 9, Part A and Part B. <laughs> Which, what would that eventually do, get named Episode 9 and Episode 10? Making this the uh, first quadology in Star Wars? I don't I don't necessarily think so, because it's kind of like uh, Infinity War. You know, uh, I think, that when, and that's exactly what the, what the uh, you know, what the article kind of implied. is like, it's sort of like Infinity War. It's like Avengers 4, Infinity War, but, you know, people are just still calling it Infinity War and Infinity War Part 2. I don't know. Well, 
But it's not going to have the Infinity War tagging on it. No, 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 no. It's just going to be Episode Nine. But I, they don't even uh, have a. Yeah, they probably they'll probably do like like the Harry Potter and do it like Part One and Part Two. Yeah, but with the, with the same with the same title, which we still don't know yet. Oh, you can go Episode Nine and Episode Nine Point Five. But even if they do that, I, I'm sorry, to me that would be stupid. Yeah. It still puts four films in in the final installment. Yeah, you're, you're kind of you're almost pushing it to the hobbit level of uh of uh cut slicing and dicing and adding in so much material that you know you you managed to make three movies out of it and eh, you know everybody knows the hobbit was a one-up book so speaking of which did you hear the story about um you know Topher grace the actor what getting his uh, panties in a bunch because uh tom hardy was playing venom no actually he said he thinks tom hardy will be a better venom oh. but uh he, he's filming a, a movie with Spike Lee, and I guess uh, it's the Black Klansman. Oh yeah, <laughs> excellent. Looks pretty and funny. I, I guess he said the movie is his his role in the movie is so dark that he had to cheer himself up. So Look. so he cut he cut a the Hobbit films down into one movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Now that is cool. He, well, yeah, he plays David Duke, so yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of it's kind of hard to be the the master of the clan. <laughs> But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I I, I really don't know. I, I I don't. I don't know what effect it's going to have if they take episode nine and basically split it into two movies, or if they you know try to go like you know the right stuff and make it like a four hour you know marathon oh, yeah. movie. You know, I mean, yeah. God, that's a lot of time to be. I would. I, I mean, would almost rather have a three hour film than break it up into films. Yeah, I agree. But I I, I still don't Maybe. like. The fact, I still don't like the fact that they're putting a stop a stop on it. You know, they're like they're saying, "Oh, this is going to be the." You know, I don't. I hate that. You know, just you know, guess what? If you got enough material, you got enough source, and the story's good, let it go on, man. You know, don't. I mean, you can end the movie wherever you want to end the movie. You know, at a stop point, at a segment point. You know, you know, either Ray or Kylo are dead on the ground, and you know the other one's sitting over them with a lightsaber and a you know smirk on their face. And it says to be continued. Yeah, and it says, what are you going to do? So, you know, listen, you know, I mean, okay, you end it there. Oh, you know, you know, Kylo was a fantastic kid, you know. Sure, he had daddy issues, but, you know, who doesn't in this world, you know, kind of thing. He still didn't pull the trigger on his mom, so that's a good thing. You know, still got some good in him, you know. But, I mean, really, don't, don't just stop the story there. If you got more material, you know, okay, ended at episode nine, but then let it roll on, you know, make an episode 10. Who the hell cares? Well, why do we have to have this arbitrary end at nine? Well, it's kind of, it might not necessarily be the end, but it'll be the end of, as they say, the Skywalker. Yeah, the the Skywalker saga. Saga. So we could still move on with with the new characters, Ray, Finn, Poe, and have a whole, I mean, we still have like, you know. But but with those, do we really need them to become episodic film or can they nah, go, th- or can they roll off onto their own trilogy which could be a Ryan Johnson yeah. or uh, the right. D&D group yeah 
or, or or they could just make one up movies, you know, and just you know be like, hey, you know, occasional here, occasional there, you know, coming up with a you know with a good uh, you know a, a good a good action packed movie that has you know listen once you're once you're done with the main plot line and you're kind of done with the Skywalker thing and okay that's in the past you know Luke can still hang around and there's a Jedi ghost and you know you can go out and have some swashbuckling adventures out in the atmosphere you know I mean this is that, that's what I'd really like to see you know rather than yeah. rather than just kind of you know I hate to say it chain you know chain to the story plot line that right. you're gonna because I mean that's I think what it's not so much that that Ryan Johnson did a bad film I think what what kind of kicked off some of the some of the fans was that he kind of tinkered with you know with what they consider you know the holy the holy grail you know mm-hmm. you screwed with the storyline what's wrong with you you know but it's like okay get out of that end it at episode nine but then continue on and have some fun with ray and finn because i mean really good characters mm. you know yeah, I mean, there's there's still plenty of story there. I think. Yeah. I mean, you, you're gonna have to. I mean, of course, they're gonna end up killing the the first order. So now we're gonna have to find a new antagonist. But the still second got, order. Yeah, well, I mean, but you still got the Chiss, who you know, you know, they they haven't come to full tr- fruition and stuff like that. And you know, there's other things you know further on in the galaxy. So there's lots of enemies to have. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's also too. I mean, with Richard, is it Richard Grant? coming in yeah Richard E. Grant I mean there is a possibility that I mean he is teasing he's going to be Thrawn sure there's the new new group to step back in maybe it's the new empire yeah, I mean, I mean, I know there's still some other stories like like uh, the aftermath series, you know, Chuck Wedding's books that you know I think I think a lot of people like. I really enjoyed the books. I, I so, do too, and, and I I'm struggling to see where the whole fan outcry. Oh, his writing's horrible. I didn't. I thought I didn't it was pretty think good. So yeah, I thought I it was good. It. As, as a matter of fact, I thought his character of Gallus Rax was actually kind of a. Um, a good entry character that the original Thrawn was like, you know, the, the original Thrawn and, you know, the heir to the Empire Thrawn was like Gallus Rax was, you know, a couple little modified twists, but that was the Gallus Rax character in what is now Legends, and he brought it to, you know, Gallus Rax to, care, you know, canon, where it allowed Tim Zahn to kind of modify Thrawn to be a little bit more intellectual. I mean, he was intellectual in the originals, but a little bit more introspective, shall we say. You know, a little bit yeah. more calculating. And I think that the Gallus Rax character is really good and sets up what you find out is the First Order. You know, it, it, you know, Sloan ends up taking the ship, going to hyperspace into the outer unknown regions. Okay, they come back. Sloan obviously isn't in there, but Snoke is sitting there stoking the fires and going, Kylo, go get them. You know, so I mean, <laughs> you know, it's really interesting to see how that's story would also interconnect too yeah you know well and, and we know we know too that if um if thrawn is potentially in this then we know as well that who Sorry. survives potentially survives as well is ezra yep because right. we at the end of rebels were around that time period of where favreau wants to go 
of Ahsoka and Sabine hunting, or not hunting, searching for Ezra and Thrawn, mainly Ezra, but obviously they're going to both be in the same place. Yeah. So who who's to who's to say that um, you know we're we're not going to get that? So yeah, we, we could. could we could bring in Ezra. That'd be interesting too, mm-hmm. unless unless we go with the theory that has been talked about that Ezra Snoke, which could have with all that time stuck in hyperspace with the with the hyperspace wells. I can't remember what they're called. That that affected his mind. Yeah, the gravity. Yeah, the gravity wells. Yeah, maybe. So, and that's what brings us to. Uh, and then that could and that could also explain why Snoke is so like messed up, like physically. Yeah, you know, because those wells affect you and twist you and you know manipulate your body. I mean, it could be very interesting. Then, I mean, that definitely that's definitely a very interesting take. Yeah, I have moments. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, so I'm assuming that's it about the splitting in the movies. Oh, hold on, let me. All right, I don't, don't want to jump ship. Well, yeah, more yeah. Hamill's story as well, which can be tied yeah. in with us. Yeah. So I mean, basically, there's a little doubt that the Star Wars is, is going to be the longest movie because I know they want to tie up a lot of loose ends. So I don't know. Everybody's kind of figuring where you know I, I, that'll that'll definitely as it comes along more and more often, and we start to see whether they are going to split or not. Then it's going to definitely divide the fan base. Who's one? Is, so, oh God, like you need anything more to to piss off the fan base? I guess you know what? Who cares? Yeah, I yeah yeah. But I mean, it, I mean, it, it definitely gives us something to talk about on radio. Yeah. But no, it, it, it's it, it's the vocal minority that's making the stink. And as far as I'm concerned. Again, who cares? They're I'm just, just tired of hearing a, from they're just them. Not, they're just not going to be happy with anything that's done. Yeah. So the the silent majority is okay with everything or has made their slight concerns known. Go with the ways of the many, not the few. Yeah. Although I will tell you, one thing that did make the fan base happy was the return of the Clone Wars. So yeah, I, I think everybody sure. universally yeah. was happy with that one. Mm. Which kind of, like, I have to get up to speed, because I tell you the truth, I have not seen a majority of the Clone War episodes. You're fine. So, <laughs> so I, I got I to really start working on the uh, on, on, on seeing the early the early episodes. Well, but um, got a little time. Yeah, a little yeah. time. Well, but, okay. So, anyways, we'll get back to episode nine news. And according to a YouTuber, that uh, for some odd reason he keeps on coming up on my, you know, on my, uh, on my pad here. Um, I don't know why. I think I might have just happened to watch him one time, and next thing you know, he shows up. But anyways, he had some interesting tidbit today about Episode Nine, and that was that Mark Hamill was noted to be going to Ireland. And, of course, Mark Hamill, he says, goes on, Mark Hamill always brings his dog. And so Mark Hamill, I guess, was tweeting about how his dog was, you know, how his like, dog does Ireland or uh, dog does Dingle and, you know, stuff like that. And so it was posting pictures of his dog and stuff like that. And they were both noted in Ireland. So now here's the rumors that, you know, obviously everybody was knew Mark Hamill was going to be back. But to what extent? No one kind of knew. But if he's going to do some new footage in Octo, there's definitely some mileage to that. So 
Very interesting. Well, other things that are interesting is um, streaming service and what's happening there. Mm. So with Solo going backwards right now, none of them are going to be on the uh, streaming service. Uh, Yes, there is a lot of excitement for the streaming service, especially with Favreau's stories and Clone Wars bringing the final season to us. Um, But it turns out right now that's going to be the only Star Wars content coming um, unless they go back and add Clone War uh, the other well add Rebels to it it may be a possibility Um, but the company's not going to be able to distribute any of the franchise films that came out before 2019 that means we will not get any of the original prequel the original or the prequel trilogy as well as the first two episodes of the new trilogy or the spinoff films Rogue One and Solo Mm. Uh, according to a, a feature story from Variety the distribution to these rights aren't with Disney yet, hence them not appearing in the streaming service. This this show with Fox, right? Uh, well, I'm getting there. Okay. Um, <laughs> this means the fans will still be able to enjoy Last Jedi and other movies on services like Netflix, but uh, Disney is aggressively trying to get the rights back, especially after their. Um, yeah, especially if things are going to go, because uh, I believe Turner has a six-year deal for distribution rights, or for the television distribution rights now. Hence why mm-hmm. it's no longer on Spike or Paramount. But Indiana Jones is over there because those were Paramount films. Yep. So um, I think it's interesting that that's what's happening, and uh, we'll have to see how this goes. Uh, yeah. I think, I mean, if they dropped... Was it seventy-two point whatever billion dollars for Fox? I, I think with the streaming service, if they really wanted to jump, especially for Star Wars, I think they're gonna pay the rights, or they're gonna pay to get. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm sure. I think yeah. they would. I think they would rather pay that than try and pay for the rights to get the Marvel theme park rights back for East of the Mississippi. Oh yeah, which I could see that happen. Well, well, actually, right now I don't see that happen. They're just gonna let Marvel. Uh, Universal hang on to it, but I could see them shelling out money Time Warner or with uh, yeah Time Warner Turner whatever. Now, but, do, they, now do, yeah. do they still do they still get a piece of the action for for owning the rights to Marvel from Universal? Yeah, oh yeah, and Ooh. and they will still get a piece of the action. I think they get a little bit piece of the action uh, for Men in Black since that was a a, a technically oh, right. a Marvel property. Even yeah, though, even though the film is a I think it's a Universal Un- picture. Yeah, it's Universal. Yeah, uh, but I mean they still pay the licensing to Marvel for that. And soon, let's start to... They're going to be adding Simpsons to that as well. Oh, yeah. oh that's right. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, do have, have big fun. Simpsons. <laughs> Man, that's going to be... That's going to be... Yeah, you see, so I mean, I don't know. Disney, Disney probably doesn't really mind because you know it saves them the park space. But at this point in time, how long before Disney buys Universal Parks? <laughs> a joint Universal Disney adventure. Well, before before Comcast or NBC bought them, there was talk of Disney buying them. Well, listen, it's yeah. really easy to go up International Drive with a with a monorail and uh, just make a stop right there at Universal. Yep, yep. So both theme parks and. Disney, Disney, Universal, and Amazon will all merge to create the Mega Global Corp that will rule us all. And <laughs> but we can sell our soul to them. It's Walt awesome. Walt Amazon, Amaversal. <laughs> Walt Amaversal. <laughs> so, um, well, speaking of, you know, I did bring up Rebels. 
Uh, I'll turn this one over to Derek. Well, we can talk a little bit about Rebels, but let's actually go back in time a little further to the Clone Wars. And... That was his time back music. Uh, sure. Uh, <laughs> and as as uh, some may remember, the Clone Wars actually started out with a theatrical release, which I did not see. I, and Mike, I, I believe you skipped that as well. Yeah. And, and to me, I don't count that as one of the Star Wars movies. That would be if you didn't see no. that one in the theater. I think you could still claim you've seen all the Star Wars movies in the theater because I because to me, yes. that moniker is revolving around the live action movies, not that. Because that one was never originally planned to be a movie to begin with. Right. They just released it in the in the theaters. The three episode pilot. Three yeah. So that did, however, lead comicbook.com to ask Dave Filoni, the co creator and producer of Star Wars Rebels, and uh I believe he had a little little hand in Clone Wars as well. Um, maybe a small hand. Maybe. Uh, they asked him if there is a future for animated films in the Star Wars franchise. Yeah. And uh, the, the basic gist of what he said is it's possible and it doesn't really matter since everyone takes the animated stuff seriously. Um, which actually, if you really think about it, is kind of uh, is kind of amazing, really. Um, so uh, he said that the the projects are feats of their own since fans are willing to accept these stories as canon and not dismissing them as children's cartoons or a waste of time. Uh, and he's quoted as saying, I think the one thing that we've been able to achieve with the Star Wars animation we've done is that the people, the fans really accept it as part of the story and the medium doesn't matter to the vast majority of them. Where sometimes people look at animation and think of it as something other or something different than the rest of the story. For example, um, if you think about like the Marvel animated series, that all of those are their own separate thing. They have nothing to do with the movies or anything or the TV shows, any of the live action stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all its own thing. But Clone Wars and Rebels and the soon to come out Resistance are all actually part of canon and whatever happens in those cartoons is part of canon. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's that's pretty much unheard of, really. I mean, I can't think of any other animated shows that do that. What, that are canon? Yeah. Well, when droids... Along with... When droids and Ewoks came out, they weren't canon. <laughs> right. <laughs> we, but I mean, I mean, outside of Star Wars... Get their start on on big screen and then, or, or, or last minute, get their start on big screen and then carry on and small screen. Well, not only that, but but have something that is like a, an entire universe that actually takes the animated stuff as well as the live action stuff as part of the whole. Uh, I thought Star Trek did with the Star Trek animated series. You might be right there, but again, Star Trek, another you know, I might be crazy too, and I, another groundbreaking thing. So it doesn't happen too often. No, I so think really, they, I think they did, but I, I think I think the, the the what makes Star Wars unique is is the the size. I mean, really, really the breadth of 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 the Clone Wars itself. You know, right, now yeah. they're adding on to it, and then and then taking a separate animated series and making it into you know Rebels. And, right. You know, I think that that right there and 
and and and still keeping that that story linear that's integral into the parts where there's characters that you recognize from from the movies in those storylines and it keeps them rolling along right. and you know introduces plot twists and different things and then you know some characters like were you know the like to be met later on in live action films but you already kind of met them in rebels or you met them in clone wars you know right or or like how you know there were little nods to rebels in rogue one and such exactly yeah yeah little easter eggs that they they kind of popped around you know Mm -hmm. yeah so it's really a cool thing yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't, I, I've, I've never heard uh, Filoni's uh, explanation. Why? I mean, realistically, I know they wanted to do Clone Wars to kind of fill the gap because Lucas always felt that he left a hole with the Clone Wars, being it's such a big part of his main stories right. that kind of he needed something to fill it in. wasn't a hundred percent sure if a movie would do it, but I mean, did they? I mean, and I know some of it. I've, I've heard rumors that some of it was. During when Lucas Arts was trying to make video games, they they oftentimes did the animations, and they just liked the way the animation came out. Rather than making good video games, they just ended up making really good animation. So they kind of stuck with that. But I mean, do they ever? I mean, it, it, it's it's become its own unique kind of entity. Like you're, yeah. you're right, Dick, in that instance where it now it's taken on a life of its own, right. and there are people who are fans of just the animation. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Or another another interesting aspect is the uh, Darth Maul thing yeah. where you know he appeared in in Solo and there are people who are fans of the Star Wars movies but not the cartoons who don't know the whole thing, you know, or the comics who don't know the whole story of how Darth Maul came back. So yeah, it's interesting. Well, it's gonna, it's definitely gonna make a lot of people go back. Like, like I said, even oh, myself, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go back and you know rewatch some of those, you know, some of some of the card, you know, some of the animation stuff, just so yeah. I can you know catch up on little backstories here and there. Right. Yeah. Be cool. Well, uh, I think Jim's gonna carry us even further with Rebels. <laughs> All right. Let me see. Oh, oh come on. Ah, iPod happens there. Oh, you know, is, just your, when you, is your ship's computer not buffering right? My my ship's computer is. Uh, you know what? My I, I think the Millennium Falcon got into my uh, my Samsung yeah. here because I swear to God it's just like L seven there. Yeah, this is where I sing praise <laughs> at my iPhone. Yeah. Although I do like my Samsung, but this thing just tonight is didn't like the humidity. <laughs> That's for certain. Okay, hold on. All right, and to bring us a little further from Epic Stream, we've got Star Wars Rebels almost sent the Ghost Crew to steal the Death Star plans. Ooh. So imagine the Ghost Crew was Rogue One. Was being Rogue One. <laughs> little uh, little Captain Andor would have been all upset. You stole my you stole my plot. <laughs> all right, so Star Wars Rebels. Rebels introduced new characters who seem disconnected from the Skywalker saga, although the series still featured key elements from the Star Wars universe. However, it looks like the Ghost Crew was initially meant to steal the Death Star plans. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, Rebels Rebels co-creator Dave Filoni himself has revealed that just considered several ideas before settling on Ezra Bridger and Canon Jarrus teaming up with a group of Rebels. 
One of the plans shared to comicbook.com closely resembled the premise of Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Quote, there were really some really early on conversations with Rebels about it, being being it about them finding the Death Star plans. But as Rogue One came about and took shape, it was obviously it was obvious we weren't going to do that story. I didn't want to do that story, frankly, honestly, with Rebels because I thought I don't want their whole existence to just serve a handoff to another part of the plot. I wanted it to be its own story about this kid. End quote. So it kind of it kind of sounds like Filoni really kind of had the idea, could have actually put the seed in the head of somebody. Hey, let's kind of make the Rogue One story. And they could have used Rebels, but then he decided, well, I kind of want to make it its own standalone. So that, that could have been interesting. Yeah. yeah, it could have, but I think I think he made the right choice. Yeah, I think he, I think he could have yeah. made it work either way. I mean, I, I think yeah. it could have been cool that you know, hey, these dashing, daring. I mean, you you know that there was the chase scene and stuff like that, but you could have set that up any which way. Like you could have made it so that they got it. You know, they these you know. Uh, you know, these brand, these roguish little rebel kids are getting in there. They're finding their way. They just happen to stumble upon a plan. Boop. Oh, hey, what's this? Oh, hey, that looks like a mighty big ship. Okay, let's take this. And, you know, and, you know, I mean, you could have had a lot of fun and adventure with that story. So, I mean, it would have been cool either way, but then we wouldn't have Rogue One, and you probably would have had a different timeline on the Rebels thing. So, Yeah, and it might not have lasted as long. Yeah, or, you know, it would have just made a little bit, you know, a little bit, a little bit burdensome to offload that kind of stuff, and then now you got the whole imperial might looking for right. you. Well, I kind of, kind of want to add to this because I found another story that worked with us uh, from the Force dot net. Uh, Filoni talks about Sabine, or talks about Star Wars Rebels in the future of Ahsoka and Sabine. Um, now, it, Filoni, as you said, has been very open as late while he reflects on Rebels. Now that series is concluded and the final season's out on your disc of choice. Um, but the, the fate of Ahsoka and Sabine are something that has constantly been discussed by the fans. And it comes up most often, and Filoni has had to respond to questions with the answers he doesn't really have yet. In a recent interview with comicbook.com, Filoni opened up a bit about what would be what it would be like to let someone else take over the stories of the characters that are very important to him personally. Because uh, that would be hard. That would be, to be honest, um, that would be really hard for me to do at this point just because I've seen a part of it for so long. I've been a part of it for so long especially since Ahsoka's beginning. Um, I can't imagine not being involved in some way with what would happen to her or Sabine for that matter. Uh, mm-hmm. To kind of find hit uh, for his part uh, Loney thinks about it off. Uh, so when asked further he goes I feel a responsibility to know and start to figure out what the story is because the fans really seem interested in it as I'm interested in it. Whether it actually ever happens I don't know yet, but I still think about it anyway. I think of all kinds of stories, and some of them happen and find their way into a release, and some don't. I think it's important to know the story, especially because there are other creatives, other people come along that will ask the same questions as me, the same as you. 
wow, well, what happened there? And so I, I like to know that I'm kind of protective of certain character groups. So I feel responsible to know, well, here's what happened. Uh, and of course, you can find the whole story over on comicbook.com. So realistically, he talks about it, but in typical felony fashion, he dodges it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How felonious. So, um, so of course, you know, we saw the end of Rebels, uh, where we saw Sabine and Soka arrive on Lothal several years later in a T6 shuttle to pick up, well, as she's picking up Sabine to together go search for Ezra. Uh, of course, Ezra was whisked away to unknown regions by the Burgills along with the Thrawn. So, um, yeah, maybe we'll get those answers in Resistance. Maybe they maybe they show up in Resistance as part of the side story. Mm. So, which could explain Thrawn coming back to, uh, to that. But mm, possibly. Um, I, since I did that, uh, Derek, why don't you go ahead and take the last story? Alrighty. Well, speaking of Mandalorians, as we have, um, one particularly famous character, although, do we officially know that he is actually Mandalorian? <laughs> uh, it's always been stated with, with Django, so he's alone. I guess so. Uh, well, uh, the original actor who played Boba Fett, Jeremy Bullock, has announced his retirement. Uh, even though Lucasfilm is planning to develop a Boba Fett spinoff movie, uh, the original actor who played the character in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi is taking his Boba, leave. Boba Fett! Boba Fett! Where? <laughs> That's right. <clears throat> According to the Boba Fett fan club, which I know existed... <laughs> But I am intrigued. Uh, Jeremy Bullock, actor behind Boba Fett in the original trilogy, has just recently announced his retirement, saying that he would be permanently foregoing conventions and that he would be hanging up his bounty hunter helmet for good. Uh, And his quote is, uh, It is with a heavy heart that I have decided to stop attending conventions and hang up the Fett helmet. Uh, the actor told fans in an official statement he shared with the site. It has not been an easy decision to make. In 1979, I was called onto the set of Empire Strikes Back to play Boba Fett, and since that day, it has changed the entire direction of my life in such a wonderful way. It has been a privilege to have the opportunity to inspire so many generations of Star Wars fans. I have had over 20 years of traveling with my wife Maureen to some amazing countries and have met so many wonderful fans. Thank you all so much, and we will miss you all. Uh, of course, you know, it's disappointing news, but you had to know it was coming. Right. Uh, it's just a lot of effort, a lot of energy to hop from one convention to another, and Bullock is already 73 years old. <laughs> well, he didn't say he wasn't going to do any more films. Just said he's not doing the mark, the convention circuit anymore. True. So what, what does this potentially mean? Well, I mean, other than, you know, you won't be able to see him at, meet him at conventions and get his autograph and such. I mean, I was under the assumption that if they were, if they were going to go ahead and do a Boba Fett film, that they would hire somebody new to play Boba Fett yeah, like they did Logan. with Baca. Perhaps. Yeah. I mean, they could, they could, they could just get a, you know, um, a Fett stunt double, but, you know, yeah. you know, it would be really cool, kind of like what they do with Peter Mayhew, allow him to have like one or two scenes yeah. where. But if we're going a younger Fett around the same time period as Solo, 
get just give it to Daniel Logan. Right. I mean, he's still embracing the character to the point they don't even have to do a costume for him. He owns one of his own. Well, yeah. I mean, if he's if he's the best, if, if he's already got it going good, then you know what? I mean, don't give it to anybody else. Let him have it. D- then you don't have to worry about trying to voice match or have him do the overdub. And because nothing, see, that kind of irked me a little bit, but I understand why. When they went back and did the voice of Boba Fett in the original trilogy uh, in Empire and, and Return, they used uh, Timu Morrison because of the, the whole, at that point in time, he would be almost the same vocal tone as Django from Attack of the Clone. Mm-hmm. But remember, Boba Fett is a, yes, he's a clone of Django, but didn't they? say he was modified yeah to, it was mod- yeah he was, was modified, modified to Django specs right yeah 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 does allowing him to have his own personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it makes him his own individual instead of just another clone. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, to me, that that's what I see in this. Give it to Daniel Logan. Let, yo- yeah. let Logan take the, the younger. Yeah, the, between, yeah, the more between, action. Between clone, or between, you know, that Rebels era, I guess it's the best way to put it, let Logan take the Rebels era uh, role for Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I'm going to agree it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, can it get much better than that? I mean, if it's an actor who has already done the role, who who's now at the right <clears throat> age for it, to pick up at the same timeline, because, uh, oh, how old is he now? He's 31. Oh, yeah. You'd have to get him in there, though. Because, I mean, uh, perfect, you know. Yeah. Perfect timing. Yeah, he's still, he's still got a good a good 10 years. So. I mean, we're, we're talking supposedly solo with when it takes place. Well, solo in the original trilogy started off at 34, at the age of 34, which was uh, Ford's actual age yeah. at the time. There is, what's to say that they can't? Uh, what age was solo supposed to be in the in the prequels or in the, in the solo movie? Was that like how many years is that before? Yeah, no, he started. He, he started. Yeah, he started. Uh, what was it? Uh, oh gosh, hold on. I know he was. He was young. Yeah. Um, hold on. So I mean. At this point in time, what was the best way to do this? Let him do it. He's right there. He's going to be a person the fans are going to recognize. And you don't have to upsell because he's already Boba Fett. <laughs> Very true. True. Played him in in Clone Wars. Did the voice or in Attack of the Clones? Was the voice of Fett in the Clone Wars? Just give it to him. <laughs> that should be what's called a no-brainer. So uh, I'm not sure who was it you wanted. <laughs> I, I want the role. <laughs> Forget that. I want the role. Uh-huh. That way I can look like chicken from Robot Chicken doing the part. <laughs> that work? Sure. All right. Let's make it happen. <laughs> make it happen, Gavin. So, well, with that, do we have any other thoughts or final thoughts or? Uh, let's see. Final or, thoughts or any new stories on the uh, on the rag sheets? I mean, aka Facebook or nothing that I've seen. I was looking on StarWars.com. So, I mean, I pulled the one story off the phone, which definitely fit in with what we were talking about tonight. Um, StarWars.com. I'm trying to see if they have anything new. 
Yeah, there was a lot of fun stuff, but I mean, you know, like stuff that we kind of went over. I mean, a lot of a lot of stuff was like you know post wrap up from San Diego. Yeah. Um. So so roughly roughly solo is BBY about uh, about anywhere from nineteen to. 19 to 15 years. Okay. Mm. Actually, I think I think it was stated uh, the beginning of Solo was 13 years before uh, BBY. Yeah. yeah, that sounds about right. Was, did they say BBY or BBE? Yeah, uh, BBY before Battle of Yavin. Uh, and then after the the, then BBY. And then the rest of the then the rest of it was supposed to be maybe 10 years BBY. Yeah, which would put it right around the start of Rebels. Yep. So mm. that puts him 40 or 20. 24-ish, which would then bring him around the time of season, the end of season two, beginning of season three of Rebels, around that 32, 31 to 33 year mark. Go ahead and drop the Fett movie right in that area. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, I know. I have I have some good ideas every now and then. <laughs> Just when, when I do, I'll let y'all know. I, um, so, yeah, I, I can't think of anything else. Um, if you got any questions or comments for us or topics you want to hear us talk about in the future for great discussion pieces, email us at WookieRadio.net. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Wookie Radio. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at Wookie underscore radio. Uh, leave us a voicemail on, on our speak pipe on the website. Check out our affiliates. Um, what am I missing? Without giving out the Google voice, which I haven't used in forever. <laughs> I don't know if it still works. <laughs> Um, so yeah, check us out. Interact with us, please. Uh, like I said, uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have a great store coming. Um, got some, uh, Derek seen them. We've got some great jerseys coming. Uh, we've got two, di- two different offerings for baseball and hockey. Yes, we're going to be able to give you both. Uh, we're going to have some <laughs> great sweatshirts coming, some hats. Um, so some great stuff to look forward to. Uh, it looks like we're going to be on track for it to happen possibly before Labor Day. So keep an open eye out. Uh, may may even have a a, a sale that will last through Labor Day. God, t- nice mark off between store launch till the Monday after Labor Day. Good chance to get get that stuff right away, right on the get, right on the start. So um, and that'll be for Mighty Marvel Geeks, Wookie Radio, and Weeby Geeks. So check check that out. Maybe even some DC Superpowers podcast coming in there. Maybe some Keepers of the Fringe stuff in the future coming to the store. Maybe. Maybe some New England Society of Geek stuff coming to the store. Yeah. It's all potential. It's all from that family of the Weeby Geek clan. I mean, yes, Weeby Geeks Network is massive. Uh, we got a small smudge in the shows. Okay, over 20. But, um, I mean, there's three, uh, seven shows that between all of us on... Between the three that I run, between the between the five of us across the three shows that we're all part of, there's seven shows that make up the, the initial Weeby Geeks core group and core family. So uh, I think we're going to try and bring, eventually bring you merchandise for all of that. So um, I don't have anything else. What about you guys? Nope. I got nothing. You got nothing. What about you, Jim? Mm, 
No, hey, thanks for having me, guys. It was been it's a lot of fun. You know, I like talking Star Wars and having a good yeah. time on a Friday night. So well, I, I will say it's I, good to have you. I love hearing you and Derek chat over on uh, Hopkins <laughs> Lounge. So if, if y'all are thinking about a permanent third chair, I say don't. Do you have a third chair over there, or is it no? Kind of, kind of revolving. Cedric, Cedric shows up every once in a while. Yeah, still, I, I think I think we wanted to do one with Dario too, but I think yeah. I think that's what y'all need to do. Is just keep it you guys as the permanent crew and bring in a guest guest host each time you do it yeah that's yeah. kind of the basic idea of it yeah so you need to get posco we need posco mm. well you see I, I know what could be said give the evacuation code signal all right cut the chatter Jet. i can hold it pull up no i'm all right information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. <laughs>